Hello and welcome to the Decaias podcast with Andrew Swope. On this podcast, we help Christians communicate what they believe and why they believe it according to Scripture. If you want to learn more about how to share Christ with others, check out our videos on our YouTube channel. You can find the link in the description. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dakinas Podcast. We are continuing in talking about Mormonism. I'm here with Wade and Andrew. Um, we, in last episode, just kind of talked about their um, calling and planting Apologia Church, Utah, and the ways that God's been moving um, just really with their family um, in their calling to minister to these people, um, evangelize to the LDS Church. So we're continuing that conversation um, and we're continuing talking about their beliefs. We, we finished with talking about their core doctrines and their core beliefs. And now we're going to kind of get into with our next question, talking about a little bit of the extra things that might they might throw you off at first because you are used to if you're a Christian listening to this, you're used to maybe just more um, orthodox practices, so to speak, or more traditional practices. Um, so don't, we don't want you to be thrown off by that. So I want to ask these guys um, what are some strange beliefs that maybe you guys have heard? Uh, just a few that they are a little bit common, commonly brought up in conversations when ministering to these LDS members. Um, but we shouldn't be thrown off by them. What are some of those those outlandish beliefs? Sure, sure. I mean, be, before I, I I read actually a really good quote from Brigham Young, which is mm. just be shocking. I mean, just to give a quick brief foundation or origins of Mormonism uh, that I think will really be eye-opening for, mm. for listeners and for people who don't know much about this. Uh, you know, Joseph Smith was born in 1805. He, uh, he was born in Vermont, uh, kind of a poor family, the Smiths. They, they moved down to Palmyra, New York, and uh, we're at the time in the 1800s where there's a lot of religious fervor. There's, um, you know, tent revivals going on, things like that. But you did have solid Reformed brothers, Presbyterians, uh, Baptists, and, and and stuff like that. So really at this time, uh, his family is 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 lacking um, a lot of success in their farming. They're, they're farmers, and everything is going wrong. And so really, uh, Joseph Smith as a young man was just a very charming, very charismatic, uh, he, was, he he could easily persuade people. He was a great storyteller. He could make up great stories and hold people captive in, in a way that uh, most people couldn't. Uh, had a really good memory, too, uh, with mm-hmm. scriptures from a young age. So, you know, when at this time, you know, there was a belief that there was possibly treasure along the East Coast uh, from maybe some pirates back in the day, uh, believe it or not. And so, you know, people think that there could be buried treasure on, on your land anywhere and so um you know not a lot not a lot of people realize that joseph smith uh and his father they got into what's called money digging okay and mm-hmm. they put properties and 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 you know try to indicate through different occultic or magical uh means to to find treasure for people and it never really ever panned out i mean Every attempt they did wouldn't work out. People were upset with them. Uh, mm. There's a litigation against him uh, in that regard, uh, uh, disturbing the peace and stuff like that. So that's where he found his uh, black seer stone, too. He dug it up, and we know that to be one of the big ways in which he 
received revelation with the the seer stone in the hat and uh, wrote the Book of Mormon. Um, so yeah, I always like to mention that because that is kind of shocking to me, the occultic origins yeah, of, yeah. of uh, Mormonism. But beyond that, um, there's just a lot of stuff. And, and later we're going to recommend to people some really good resources, but there's this uh, pamphlet right here, this kind of short book called Where Does It Say That? And these are photocopies of mm -hmm. different LDS doctrines and, and revelations and everything from their own literature. So we highly recommend this. Uh, read yeah. the whole thing and highlight it. And and so um, you can find a bunch in there. Mm -hmm. But here's one that I find very interesting, this doctrine of what's called blood atonement. So okay. Okay. Uh, the LDS Church, I mean, the Book of Mormon, the God in the Book of Mormon was kind of monotheistic, but they've just evolved. And then you bring new prophets into it, and Joseph Smith is murdered in 1844, and you know whatever God brings them, they you know that's what they so the prophet establish. Said. It's what the prophet said. <laughs> yep, yep. You know everyone knows about polygamy and plural wives, but this is called the doctrine of blood atonement. And uh, so it says here, uh, this is uh, Prophet Brigham Young from Journal of Discourses, Volume One, page 108 through 109. He says, suppose you found your brother in bed with your wife. Put a javelin through both of them, a big spear, a javelin. You would be justified, and they would atone for their sins and be received into the kingdom of God. I would at once do so in such a case and under the circumstances that I have no wife whom I love so well that I would not put a javelin through her heart, and I would do it with clean hands. There is not a man or a woman who violates the covenants made with their God that will not be required to pay the debt. The blood of Christ will never wipe that out. Your own blood must atone for it. And so wow. there's even other, uh, you know, statements by Brigham Young where uh, basically he demonstrates that the blood of Christ is not efficacious. It's not powerful wow. enough to atone for uh, every sin, for all types of sin. So mm -hmm. sins like murder, uh, sins like stealing, adultery. Um, he says it would essentially it would be best. For the sake of those people, if they're if they are uh, baptized into the LDS Church, it'd be best for them to be murdered by another LDS person, uh, so that their own blood will atone for the sins they just committed. Yeah, I believe apostasy was one of the sins as well. Yeah, for the time being. So that is definitely a, a a bizarre one, and just even the language. Throw I would <laughs> I would not hesitate to throw a javelin through the the heart of my wife yeah I, yeah i think um one interesting one that comes up when you're having conversations with lds and what i want to make clear too is they they try to go off different paths right mm -hmm. when you're having a, even a, a conversation you're trying to evangelize an lds person we want to kind of keep them on track and focus on the track who is god who is jesus yep are we saved a lot of the times i like to bring up you know things like baptism of the dead and uh, the reason that they believe in baptism of the dead is they believe that after you die here, if you don't accept the gospel, uh, the LDS gospel, you would go to uh, pretty much kind of like a holding tank, if you want to think of it that way. And there you can hear the gospel presented to you there. But since baptism is this requirement and you can't baptize a spirit because <laughs> when you're <laughs> your spirit, someone gets baptized in proxy for you. So you can actually go on YouTube and you can watch some wow. videos. 
where they're going into the baptism, the baptismal, and one person will get baptized up to 10, 20 different times. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've if you've read in like First Kings, Second Kings, or First Chronicles, Second Chronicles when it describes Solomon's basin, and there's the basin outside mm. of the temple with the twelve ox underneath it. Mm. Well, they much have one of those inside uh, the temple where they're doing the baptisms yeah. for the dead. It's very creepy. You can watch it on YouTube. Wow. And uh, anyways, they'll bring up baptism for the dead and the second chances that people get to have and things like that. It's good to kind of just mention, well, the Bible state says first comes death and then comes the judgment to right. be with your body is to be present with the Lord. Let's talk about and let's deal with the, the thing right. that contradicts scripture very clearly in terms of your salvation. You know, we want to bring it back to track, but that would be one That's that right. someone could throw at you in saying and quoting things from Corinthians to try to confuse you. But to just say, well, let's deal with this first subject at hand. And then we can go to these other things later. Let's yep. deal with who Jesus is and who God is and get back on track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, these are wild and interesting and even the origins of Mormonism and Joseph Smith. And yet, like, these aren't regular tools or things we use even in our regular evangelism with them. That's right. That's so, right. Uh, yeah, to... If you bring up polygamy right away, like if you're going to be that guy, you're probably going to get, you know, That's the right. is going to go up and uh -huh. you're going to stop listening. So um, 100%. 100%. these are good things to know, but, you know, we would definitely, uh, you know, bring those in a later conversation. Right. Yeah. I love that y'all y'all said bring it back. We're bringing it back to the main issues. Right. It's good to know these kind of these weird things in in this uh, this religion. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure if you're having a conversation, bring it back to doctrine of God. Who is Jesus? Right. How do yeah. how do we get God, revelation from God? And what is the revelation from God? All all of these things. Salvation. Um, so I want to ask you guys a very important question as we're kind of going into more of the practicality of ministering to Mormons. Um, which I think you guys have had a lot of experience in doing this. Um, so I, I want to ask you guys, what is, we have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we know the true Christ, right? They have a false Christ. They have a false God, right? So we, we have that. We have the sound teaching. We, we have this faith that has um, been delivered to us once and for all, delivered to the saints. Amen. We're supposed to contend for that, fight for that. So what does that look like for us to, uh, that we have this one true gospel, what are their weak spots in the LDS church and in their doctrines that we need to emphasize on, right? We've touched on this a little bit, but what does that look like practically in a conversation with them? Love for you guys to hear, to hear that from you. Sure, sure. So I'll speak to it for a bit, let Andrew add to it. But like, like he said earlier, at the end of the day, it's uh, who is God, who is Jesus, and how can we be saved? And, and so... Um, and we and we know we know too the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power. So uh, we we go into all these conversations uh, with an apologetic method of presuppositionalism. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe that you know they know uh, they're rebelling against God. They know they've been created by the one true and living God, and they're rebelling and they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness and. And so, you know, like we said, the, the origins and the, and the history is interesting, but evidences and, and stuff like that uh, might be good to unravel later with them. But it's really scripture that we're going to stay with almost right. the whole time in our interaction. The scripture is the living word of God. It, it can pierce through, you know, bone and marrow and, and you know, 
mm-hmm. soul and spirit. And so it's it's a sharper than any two-edged sword. We're going to use right. the word of God. And that's, right. that's how we enter into any interaction with the LDS. So, you know, for instance, uh, and, and again, it looks it looks completely different in your context. So, you know, when we're in front of the temple, uh, mm-hmm. it looks different. Um, when we get to be with them face to face in front of a, in front of the temple, and they walk up to us, when it's at the ward meeting house, and we're trying to get them attract, uh, we might you know lovingly say, hey, we're we, you know we're your neighbors, we're Christians, we're from a local church, we'd love to just get a couple minutes of your time. We have a gospel track here, but we might say a little quick blurb like, did you know that the LDS Church Jesus at you know, you can become a god one day, but the Bible says otherwise. The Bible says in Isaiah 43:10, "Before me there was no god form, neither shall there be after me." So we'll just do a quick, a quick blurb in love, in gentleness, uh, and and um, you know, hopefully beckoning them to come down and talk with us. So that obviously looks different. And then you know, a lot of people have uh, them into your home, dinners with them, and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm advantageous to really break it down but again i'm going through a lot of uh you know who is god the divinity and eternality of god the divinity and eternality of jesus christ uh and and again uh you know that uh they can oh i want to mention this that god is immutable that they can have faith in the god that never changes that's right Mormonism has largely always capitulated and compromised and surrendered to whatever the state does or whatever the spirit of the age is doing. Uh, I mean, you could just see it all the way down. Somehow a new revelation comes out and it goes in line with what the culture is looking for. Um, We can give you examples of that. But but at the end of the day, um, it's scripture. And a big one is the test of a prophet. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so that's a huge one. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll start with this too, and then I'll go into the presuppositional methodology. So one of the biggest weak spots they have now too is yes, they have a truth claim, right? Which is that their mm-hmm. prophet has brought about a restoration. Their prophet speaks to God. Number mm-hmm. two weak spot is that the LDS people that we've seen within the last 15, 20 years of development, they're more relativistic than they are even LDS, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's right things like well we're christian too we're christian too what do you mean we're christian too and then you got to make them actually stand on the foundation of the prophet you say well at the beginning of the book in book of mormon when joseph has his visitation it says that all of the christian professors are corrupt that were abominations joseph yep. smith doesn't even agree with you when you're talking to me like mm-hmm. prophet yeah so number one if there's a truth claim that the prophet has restored something and that there is a difference well what are we going to do as presuppositionalists well truth objectively comes from god in the bible and we have two tests of a prophet that we like to go to in the conversation you say mm-hmm. well you know first we're commanded to test the spirits in first john 4 right so also second corinthians 11 verse 4 which is really good for them right now because a lot of them like to say well it's the same jesus same jesus where you say well paul warns us in second corinthians 11 verse 4 that there are people who come and preach a different jesus a different Mm -hmm. gospel accepted a different spirit so that's good how do we know yeah we go to the test of a prophet so test of a prophet deuteronomy uh 13 it says if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and produces miracles signs and wonders so even if Mm -hmm. it looks it, but if they lead you after other gods, gods of which you have not known, do not fear them. Yeah. One mm-hmm. test, of, second test of a prophet, we have Deuteronomy 18, 
which in a nutshell is if there's one false prophecy, if they speak in the name of Yahweh, they claim to speak in the name of Yahweh, mm -hmm. speak presumptuously and that thing does not come to pass, do not fear them. Later on, it says actually put them to death. That's how mm -hmm. God yeah, takes it when yeah. someone's claiming to speak in his name. That's so right. what, good, does, what does the LDS organization then teach about God, right? Well, we know that God in the Bible, number one, it says that he has been God from everlasting into everlasting, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Numbers 23, 19, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Mm, right? mm. In, in LDS doctrine, on the other hand, we have God. This is Joseph Smith from the King Paula Discourse. He says, you have imagined and supposed that God has been God from all eternity. I'll mm -hmm. repeat that idea and take away the veil that you may see. You have got to learn to become gods. Yeah. That's Joseph yeah. Smith. Before he died, like, uh, I forget how he died not, not so long after that. But, um. Yeah. That's that's right there. I can say, well, previous revelation, I know that God has been God from everlasting into everlasting, that there's only one God. He doesn't change. Right. Yeah. How Joseph yep. comes along from Deuteronomy 13 and he's telling me something totally opposite. It contradicts scripture. Mm -hmm. well, I have yeah. God and I can rely on his word because, you know, Jesus says heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words by no means will ever pass that's away. Right. Proverbs that's right. five through six says every word is every word of God is pure. He is like a shield unto them who put their trust in him. Add thou not unto these words, lest he rebuke, ye, rebuke thee, and thou shalt be found a liar. Right? So we have mm -hmm. in the presuppositional methodology that we can uh, rely on in the test of a prophet to say he already failed the first. That's just the first test. And there's even more we can go into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then you can go into false prophecies. And I'll just give one false prophecy real quick. Yeah, uh, very good. It's from the History of the Church, Volume 2, page 182. Mm -hmm. Joseph Smith predicted in 1835 that the coming of the Lord, which was nigh, even 56 years shall wind up on the scene. So it was from that prophecy that it was going to be 56 years until yep. the second coming of Christ. Yep. Then yep. crickets, crickets, yes. just didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> I reject him. That's just one. God says just one is enough. Right. One yep. is enough. Because at the end of the day, yeah. there's a good quote about this. Every, Mormonism hinges on, like, if the testimony and prophecies of Joseph Smith are true. Yep. Like it, it yep. rises or falls based off of the the truth or untruth of what Joseph said, and it dominoes from there. Yes, that right. was the tenth prophet of Mormonism, Joseph Fielding Smith, states in Doctrines of Salvation, page one eighty eight, volume one. Mm -hmm. Mormonism, as it is called, must stand or fall on the story of Joseph Smith. He was either a prophet of God divinely called, properly anointed and commissioned, or he was one of the biggest frauds the world has ever seen. There is no middle ground. That's their own. That's like that's when, their own people. Dude, that's where, like. Where's that? Where is that, Andrew? Again? Can you repeat that? That, like, that where's is the reference. Doctrines of Salvation, page 188, uh, yeah. volume one from Joseph Fielding Smith, the tenth prophet of Mormonism. Mm. Brother, that's like when wow. uh, God uses Caiaphas to, to <laughs> yeah. prophesy. <laughs> that, that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One with representative to die on the behalf of the, God's people. Here, here's here's, here's yeah. another one to use their standard against them. So President Ezra Taft Benson, this is showing the fool their folly in terms of false prophecies. He says, this was in Deseret News, October 6, 1981, page 6a. The ultimate test of a true prophet is when he speaks in the name of the Lord and his words come to pass. Mm. That's mm. their own person yeah, right there. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm, yeah. I, I would I would definitely say in any encounter I've had as well that it comes down to what is how did you get revelation and what is the nature of that revelation right it mm. all comes down to that right what, yeah, we're, yeah. Cool. Yeah, Andrew, one, go ahead. 
I'm sorry. One very important thing <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, one very important thing I just remembered is no, that good. when someone's telling you about their experience, right? They prayed about it. They have a burning mm. in their bosom. I think mm. one thing that's very important that we need to recognize, especially as reformed folk, uh, that can be so separated from the spiritual. Sometimes we really need to recognize mm. that people do experience things, right? Mm. We got we got to remember they're literally asking something else into their lives. They're inviting something, and these are people who don't have the spirit of God, right? Children of wrath. Mm. Right? Right, we don't. That's a good we, point. Wow. Uh, we affirm their experience. So when they say, "Well, you don't know," I've seen, you know, I've seen this, I've seen that, I've experienced this, and, and maybe some of that is demonic. And then there's some aspects where God's benevolence is apparent in this world, God's common grace, and babies are being born, and some of these families are blessed with with a great heritage of children. I mean, they're experiencing mm-hmm. a, essentially a common blessing of God. A benevolence of God, and so you know they know someone who was healed, and and yeah, that's that's God's grace, despite you know yeah. you know their their rebellion to Him. But but like He said, we affirm that and go, yeah, I, I'm sure you had some of that, and and these spiritual encounters, we don't deny that, but it's what spirit has entered, right. like in the first vision, when it, when this deep evil darkness comes over Joseph Smith. And he can feel it, and it's palpable, and it's tangible. And then all of a sudden, that evil darkness lifts. And then, you know, there he sees the vision of God the Father and Jesus Christ in light, uh, spirits of light. So mm-hmm. what, what exactly yeah. occurred there? So, so. so Je- Jehovah's Witnesses can make the same claim. People from the Christian Science can make the same claim. Yeah. People yep. who are of Muhammad will make the same claim. It's your experience mm-hmm. does not determine truth. No. God's word determines truth. So That's you can right. have discernment and separate from what is not of God in what is of God. And how is the only way that you can do that is by standing on the firm foundation, which is God's word. But once someone yeah. gets questioned to say, did God say that? You spin into a whole world of conundrum that only Jesus Christ and the cross can solve. So, oh, yeah. absolutely, man. That's, that's so good. That's such a great point. It'll, and in every single conversation eventually gets to that, the revelation question, yeah. epistemology, right? It gets to that. And that's being presuppositional. I, I like what you said, um, Man, it's such a great point in saying we don't need to deny their experiences, but we need to test their experiences, right? According to scripture. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah, take note of that. That's a good, that's a really, really good point. Um, so you guys have touched on this a little bit, but just kind of maybe giving a little bit a list uh, format um, and just kind of saying boom, 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 this is this is what I would tell you. Um, what are some for the average layperson, somebody who just, you know, maybe they haven't had a theological degree like we have uh, for, for, for some of us, like what is, um, what are some practical tips, advice you'd have um, for people who are ministering to Mormons and they might just be a member of their church? Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, a lot of people get intimidated. They think they have to know the counterfeit this counterfeit religion uh, in, in in all its depth before they can reach these people. And, and I would say I would encourage them that they don't have to. You know, when you know the original, you can point out the counterfeit. So if you know Sorry, the main tenets of the gospel, if you can deliver the gospel, which I believe that through the spirit of the living God, all called out believers can do that, yep. then you can do this too, you know. And, and again, it's largely starting on that foundation of the Word of God. That's that's your authority. That's what we appeal to. There's nothing higher that we can appeal to 
than the word of God. So that's where we start. Yep. But but I would say practically, what are some things like, you know, here's our uh, our gospel for Mormons track. Yep. Yep. And, you know, there's like a church, a uh, mission church in uh, South Jordan, Utah. They have oh, like, good ones. They have really yeah. good ones. Like oh, nice. Six to eight different types, depending on, you know, one talking about the priesthood, the temple, temple. Oh, nice. Uh, That's great, man. Progression, Jesus, stuff like that. So we want to develop something like that. But whatever your church uh, provides for you, whatever, whatever you find online gospel tract wise, mm. I would encourage you to study your tract. Yes. Study your tract. Read it inside and out. Know this tract. Don't, don't just show up and just <laughs> what you're actually giving. Because they'll say what 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 what's in this, and you don't want to go. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's important. That's I think um, you know, when you when you have time, you know, uh, things like you know, doc, Dr. White's Letters to a Mormon Elder. It's it's a very readable format. It's uh, it's essentially written as if. Uh, a, a Christian is writing to a Mormon missionary and they're corresponding back and forth. This is a really good book. Um, yeah. You can get it solid ground uh, Christian books. Uh, again, get the where does it say that? Because when I, we're yeah. talking about doing yeah. the test of a prophet, you could try to, you should try to memorize some of these when you can, but you can always just go to it. And when they can even see like the photocopies, I think that's a, that's it, a big help. It's, it's not anti- literature it's yeah, from right. their own documents that's yeah. right such a valuable I say, tool i would say even if you can even though this thing weighs about 100 pounds you know <laughs> try to go to goodwill i got this for two dollars i think um there's a oh, guy wow. on it i guess i hope he's doing all right uh, <laughs> yeah uh but but even using the quad using their own stuff and going to the King James Version, using the scriptures for the test of the prophet for Isaiah 43, they're going to really go, wait, are you kidding? Does it say that? And then you'll open it up to them, and they'll go, what? So that 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 mm -hmm. is really good. But, but then I would also say, you know, as you get deeper into it, learn the origins. I know there's some really good origin and history books of Mormonism. Uh, I think there's One Nation Under Gods and, and other things like that. But this is Fawn Brody's uh, No Man Knows My History. And um, this will really just help you wrap your mind about how this all came about. This, this is not, you know, a history of the Lamanites and Nephites in a lost tribe of Israel that started in 2200 B.C. to 400 A.D. This was This is an invention of Satan that started in the 1800s by a man named Joseph. Mm -hmm. So this is a good thing That's to read. That's a great book. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to read that one. That's a great book as well. Uh, talking about history behind yeah. it. Yeah. That's good. Anything you got, Andrew, for practical tips and, yeah. and then resources? Yeah. I would say just to piggyback off of what uh, Wade was saying is that we really need to be comfortable. I, I spit a little bit right there. A little bit. <laughs> but we nice. Edit. Yeah, edit, clap, clap. We do a clap, clap. But no, you're, um, you're fine. You can keep We're keeping that. We're keeping it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, they speak Christianese, right? So there's one thing Martin, uh, uh, yeah. Walter Martin talks about in his book, The Kingdom of the Cults, which is another really good resource. I would definitely recommend that. Is that we need to learn how to scale the language barrier mm. between the the cultist and the the Christian, right? Because all of a sudden you get yourself in a converse, conversation, and you think you're talking about the same exact thing when you're not, right? So if you're really familiar with who Jesus is, who God is, and how we are saved in the Bible, when they bring up something interesting, it's gonna 
click in your head, right? You're going to go, well, that's not what the Bible says about Jesus. So when we're presenting the gospel to the LDS person as well, we need to be aware that there's a language barrier because you can present the gospel to them, right? Mm-hmm. But they might just hear it in LDS terms. Yeah. So we're breaking it down to them how Jesus is the eternal God and how only the eternal God can take the wrath of the eternal God so that we stand before the Father in full righteousness of Christ, no righteousness of our own, right? They can actually start understanding yeah. the concepts of what the gospel even is because they've been indoctrinated. Typically, they've been in this the, this cult their whole life, mm-hmm. right? So we need to scale the language barrier. We need to understand that they're right. speaking Christianese, and we need to present the gospel in a term – in a, in a way that they can understand it in a sense, breaking through the years of indoctrination. Yeah, so right. that, that's one thing that I would recommend. Other extra resource, again, Kingdom of the Cults. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah and, and stuff, guys. you know, media-wise, we would definitely point people to Apologia Studios. Uh, our pastors have been involved in this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, we are by no means experts here. We're not... We're, mm-hmm. Or no, no big authorities here. Learn it to go. But, but we're <laughs> so go to Apology of Studios, the YouTube channel. Honestly, just binging and watching a bunch of the uh, LDS interaction, the the witnessing and evangelism conversations are super helpful. Um, Pastor James Alpha and Omega Ministries. Yeah, Pastor yeah. James Alpha and Omega Ministries is great. His 100. Uh, Ooh, just, just Google uh, AO, yes. AOMIN 100 yes, verse. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, memorization. Great. memorization. So good. That's, mm-hmm. that's your sword, man. That's your ammunition is the word of God. So yes. that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, we would point people to Utah Lighthouse Ministries with Sandra okay. Tanner. Um, yeah. I mean, she's, she's invaluable. Her and uh, her husband have amazing. just been invaluable to the kingdom of Christ in reaching. Uh, wow. that. Yes. Um, Jason Wallace, he's, yep. a, he's a pastor of uh, Magna OPC there uh near salt lake city and he's got ancient past tv youtube channel yeah and he oh man he goes into some really good stuff he's a boss about (laughs) yes there he's been there for years doing it um that's great guys yeah yeah yeah, that's all all those are really good there's there's so much more and Mm -hmm. um people can get the where does it say that by the way for on the institute for religious research irr and they're like five dollars online. And yeah, I've got my I, copy right over here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know the resource. You can actually go. You can listen to Cultish. And yeah. Have, <laughs> yeah. A little plug for Cultish. We have some episodes yeah. on how to speak to Mormon missionaries, sure. and we have episodes on the Book of Abraham and oh, things. Nice. Yeah. Cultish, so. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. I will definitely. I'll have to check those out. And uh, also, what was that guy? That last guy you guys said who has a YouTube channel. What was his name? Again. Yeah. Jason Wall, Pastor Jason Wallace of Magna OPC, and uh, he's a fantastic pastor. He's been working with our pastor James White for years, for over a decade. So um, I think his channel is Ancient Past it's like TV. An, it's like Ancient Past or Ancient History. I forget which one. It yeah, is. it's so, really good though. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. I w- uh, yeah, that's great advice, guys. Amen to all of that stuff and. Um, I think a, a valuable point there to be made is is not to be frustrated or, or get too flustered with kind of what can seem like a just massive religion and something just is something um, what what feels so foreign to maybe what you're used to. Um, I would recommend definitely just advice would be um, that knowing what sound doctrine is, knowing what we're actually in the podcast going through a series, um, Andrew and uh, Wade. 
we're going through a series on the doctrine of God, the attributes of God. Oh, and yeah. even just studying that, studying right. who, in fact, how God has revealed himself so that when you get in conversations and it's not just with Mormons, but with really any cult, um, any religion that you can figure out, no, this is what the Bible says. This is how God has revealed himself. This is who Jesus is. We can we can count on these very things. So stuff like even uh, I have James White's um, Forgotten Trinity, the, even Ooh, books yeah. like that. Right. Um, and I know you guys have read this stuff is so valuable in just knowing what is Christianity. You know, what is the history of Christianity and, and what is orthodoxy? We should know all of those things. And it should it shouldn't be too overwhelming. You know, God, God leads us. Um, and we have we do, in fact, have the sword of the spirit. So, yeah, yeah. Um, say just yeah. one last thing when when witnessing to these to these lovely people mm-hmm. at the end of the day like uh you know it's every favorite wedding passage but you know first corinthians 13 if we don't have love if we're not doing this for love uh love of god obedience to christ and love for the loss then then we're out there just trying to you know win arguments and mm-hmm. and in our own sin we've accidentally done that ourselves and we have to repent from that so Try to safeguard yourself from trying to win arguments and just lovingly see them, you know, come to faith in Christ. Just mm-hmm. present it before them. Trust God with it. He's the one that opens the eyes of the blind. We, in our own power, can do nothing. So present the information exactly. and uh, mm-hmm. give it to them. Be spirit-led, of course, but uh, only be out there. Only do it because of love. And uh, so we always say, you know, don't swarm you know, yeah, don't swarm. You're a team of people. Don't swarm. Don't talk uh-huh. over each other. Let someone lead and bring them to your own destination. You know, yeah. control yeah. the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so those are some things we're always trying to remember. That's so, right. Jesus, yeah. Jesus, the Jesus Christ of Scripture is so much more beautiful than the Jesus that uh, the LDS doctrine. Oh, so much more. Uh, and we want the people to know the true and living God. These are people we want to worship Christ with in eternity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Like yes. to the LDS person the G- jesus is just a stepping stone to them to reach something else but the jesus christ of scripture the jesus christ who is god that entered into history is the cornerstone of our faith yeah he's the stone of anything that makes logical sense in this world because he's the creator of it all and we want them to know and have peace with the true and living god so yeah. that's that is number one numero uno mm-hmm. <laughs> well thank you guys so much um so what are some ways that they can that the audience and listeners and those maybe even watching are they can be following what you guys are doing with Apologia Church Utah? Um, how can they be following you guys and also how can they just be praying for you guys specifically? Yeah, I would I, I would say definitely the prayer is the most important aspect of it. Um, you know, we are um, brand new to church planting and we know there's going to be a lot of challenges and we're going uh, to uh, you know, Pergamum. We're going to a synagogue of Satan in, in a sense. We're going mm-hmm. to uh, enemy territory and we're storming the gates of hell. I say that in complete love. But it, <laughs> it is it is a false gospel and a false Christ and it is an offense to God and we want them to have peace with God. And so, you know, we're going into enemy territory. We're going to need your prayers. There's going to mm-hmm. be attacks. There's already been a lot of uh, so much attacks in, already in attacks and engagement page. on our Thanks. page. And, um, Pray for our wives. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even you know Andrew's wife is gonna have uh, their third son pretty soon. Oh, wow. congratulations! Did you just make a prophecy? I just made a prophecy. <laughs> you just made a prophecy. 
<laughs> We're gonna have to test you, Wade. <laughs> uh, oh man! You know, I've got the verses now. Yeah. <laughs> we just refuted the whole thing we did. Are so, you all starting a cult? Is that yeah. what you're doing? Uh, yeah. Oh, pray for our funny. wives. Pray for our our children. Uh, yes. And just being away from our our church body, we love Apologia dearly. So. That's going to be a sacrifice, but it's going to be worth it for the cause of Christ. Mm. Um, pray for the saints there, that we can be a blessing and encouragement and a contribution. Pray that God would prepare the, the harvest and uh, he would soften their hearts to be ready for the gospel, that his elect would be called out there, and that we would see, honestly, the state of Utah change, that it's the most Christian state than any yeah. other state by God's grace, that the high the high towers and and temples would be torn down by God's grace. So pray Amen. for that. Um, uh, practically, you could also pray about our funding. We are in the middle yeah. of the funding and promotion process of the church, and we have a goal of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. We're right now, by God's grace, I think at about thirty four thousand dollars, and okay. so we're getting close. And that's the the closer we get, the sooner we can get there. Yep. Um, or can people give right? Yeah, so if if God has led you to give, uh, please go to uh, uh, ApologiaUtah.com, ApologiaUtah.com, and there you could see more of our story and uh, some of the statistics I've already mentioned, and they can hit the donate button and, and do one-time or monthly or anything like that. And that would that would really help a lot uh, with what we're Absolutely. doing. You can join our, uh, like our Facebook page, just search in Facebook, Apologia Church Utah, to see more content come out we're mm-hmm, we have a youtube mm-hmm. channel that has like nine uh subscriptions Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all but, up there. but we're we're about to really go live with that and we've got a bunch of videos coming down the pike so look for that we'll share that eventually so yeah those are some ways you can support what we're doing absolutely so, well, god bless y'all so much thank y'all so much for coming onto the podcast and and talking about this religion, we know, um, I know, at least I know, and I know this audience knows that you guys, if they know you guys at all, you guys have a heart for these people. Um, you do, in fact, have a love for these people. So we are praying for you, um, and I just would encourage those who are listening um, just to be praying for these men, and especially their families, um, as church planning can be tough. Um, but we we, uh, we love you guys so much, and so glad that you came onto the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We love you, brother. Love Thank you, you Thank so you. much for having us. This was a joy. Praise God. Absolutely. Um, all right, guys. Um, that concludes this episode of the Kindness Podcast. If you want to learn more about our ministry and also just uh, the podcast and different resources, you can go to our social media pages or you can go to thekindnessministries.com um, and you can find some resources and some uh, learning some more about God, about Scripture, and about how we can know Him and share Him uh, in the midst of this world. So, we love you guys. I hope you guys have rest of your rest yeah. of your day. Uh, God bless you. Thank, Thank you, brother. You too.